Broken Glass, my weekly market review, 19th of June, 2022. The Federal Reserve has now shifted to a full-on break-the-glass emergency footing on inflation. It's busting out the big guns in the form of a lumpy interest rate increase and very loud threats that it will not stop until the beast of high inflation is finally slain. And if that remedy pushes a country into recession, well then so be it. The result was the worst week for the stock market since those scary days back in February 2020. Markets moved seamlessly from the ghastly Friday of the previous week to an equally dire Monday of last week, plummeting further as speculation began to grow of the need for a 0.75% interest rate hike by the Fed after being spooked by Friday's hotter-than-expected May consumer price index growth. Monday's plunge took the S&P 500 into official bear market territory, down over 20% from the high. It is said that the stock market has a memory, and it could well have been that it was remembering what had happened just a month ago, at the time of the last Fed meeting. As a reminder to those those who don't live and breathe this stuff 24-7, the 0.50% increase in rates that day was met in the hours following the announcement and press conference by smug nodding approval from the usual talking heads on CNBC and elsewhere. This is exactly what they should have done. The market will be happy. And Fed Chair Jerome Powell said in his press conference that the possibility of more than 0.50% had never even been considered. And indeed, the market did party nicely higher for the rest of that day. But the next day saw an absolute bloodbath. Markets slaughtered across the board with nowhere to hide. The exact same set of facts that had been widely accepted as good news at 2.30pm on a Wednesday turned out to be disastrous by the opening bell on a Thursday. Surely that exact market scenario couldn't play out again identically just weeks later, could it? The frenzied speculation of the three quarters of a point hike grew to a near certainty by Wednesday morning last week with trader positioning in the futures market showing the probability of this outcome moving from 4% to 97% in the space of three working days. And the Fed duly obliged in the afternoon with officials announcing a three quarters of a percent rate rise, which increased the Fed's benchmark federal funds rate to a range between one and a half and one and three quarter percent. And the median expectation among officials for the midpoint of the Fed funds rate to be 3.375% by the end of the year. Interestingly, the post-meeting statement removed the long-used phrase indicating that the FOMC expects inflation to return to its 2% objective and the labor market to remain strong from its final statement. Powell claimed in the press conference that the phrase was removed because it gave the false impression that the inflation rate in the US was uniquely dependent on Fed actions when it is clear that events beyond the Fed's control in China, Ukraine, and at supply chain ports around the world are having a significant impact on US inflation. In terms of expectation setting, he also said that he doesn't anticipate heights of this magnitude to be common. However, he hedged nicely by stating that the July meeting could see an increase of between half and three quarters of a percent. Well played, sir but we haven't forgotten what you said in your press conference in May. 
The immediate reaction on Wednesday afternoon, just like last month, was a reflexive rebound in stock prices. However, considering the prior string of five sometimes intense consecutive losses, there was a sense that this response may be little more than a reaction to oversold short-term conditions, especially considering it was led by the biggest loser names and no one was really fooled. Then, in an eerie echo of events just a month earlier, markets cratered the next day, with profitless tech and small-cap stocks in general getting mauled the hardest and the least badly affected being the defensive stocks like consumer staples and utilities. As I have said before in previous reports, this type of sector price action does not typically reflect a market on the brink of recovery. If you wanted to sum up last week's action in one sentence, it would read something like, the market appears to be desperately trying to reprice itself lower to discount in advance the growing likelihood of a recession caused partly by the acceleration of interest rates deemed necessary to fight soaring inflation. Short-term gyrations don't matter much, though. What investors really want to know is when is all this shit going to end? No one knows, of course, but on one hand, if the Fed is right and inflation is essentially a 2022 problem that fixes itself in 2023, then the end of this decline in stocks is much closer to the finish line than the starting line, not to say that the bottom is in yet. On the other hand, if the Fed is wrong, which it has been pretty much all along when it comes to inflation, remember transitory, then we are not close to a bottom yet because the past six months of reactionary, growing Fed hawkishness at every turn is only going to continue. If that's the case, and it's true that the market has memories, we could well be looking at the base case of completing a total round trip to the immediate pre-COVID crash levels of 2020 in February. For the S&P 500, that's SPX 3383, about an 8% fall from here. For reference, the COVID low of March 2020 is SPX 2237, still another 39% below where we are. A quick look at the other main drivers of stock market performance doesn't really provide much comfort. It's becoming clear that China is not abandoning its zero COVID policy. And as a result, the market must continue to consider the possibility that new lockdowns can be enacted at any time and with little or no advance notice. And the Ukraine conflict drags on and on with no sign whatsoever of any imminent conclusion. On the economic data front, the producer price index PPI measure of wholesale inflation was a little better than expected, but retail sales dropped unexpectedly. The housing market is starting to seize up, with buyers, sellers and builders all looking to be on the brink of basically going on strike. Mortgage rates have essentially doubled this year, tossing millions of potential buyers onto the scrap heap with home prices where they are. Sellers suddenly face the prospect of trading in their lovely recently refinanced 2.75% mortgage for a 6% one if they want to sell their home and buy another. Many figure that they'd be a lot better off taking their home off the market and maybe spending some money on renovation instead, despite a raw material shortage and enhanced labor costs. Figures last week showed housing starts fell nearly 15% between April and May, and the number of building permits issued dropped 7% over the same period. So we have less inventory, crippled buyers, and demotivated sellers. Not a great combo. Major real estate brokers Redfin and Compass reacted last week 
by each laying off close to 10% of their staff.